there are so many things happening on stage just in one 30-second scene that if you see the this, this show four times, you're still not going to see everything that goes on on stage. Cirque du Soleil is an international phenomenon and, at the time of this recording, is here in Baltimore. Between setup and opening night, Maxwell Batista and Betsy Zander joined us in the studio to talk about their incredible careers with Cirque. Max travels the world running PR for the show, and Betsy is an incredibly strong and bendy trampoline bed performer who also happens to be a Maryland native. I loved this episode because I had no idea how much goes on behind the scenes for what it takes to safely and effectively move, train, promote, set up, break down, and get everybody back on the bus, the performers, crew, and equipment. This interview might make you feel very lazy and unproductive, but enjoy it anyway. So you're actually from Maryland. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are you excited to be home? So excited. I can't can't wait. This was I had seen it on the schedule and was hoping that, you know, it was going to continue and and I'm so happy we're here. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did you end up in Cirque du Soleil? My yeah. god. <laughs> I grew up around Summer Park and uh, did gymnastics at Dotsiders. It's right over um, in Millersville. It's right across from the post office and I did that for 18 years and did it throughout high school, graduated and went to university and Competed for my university. It was a Division One um, George Washington University in D.C. Oh, hey. And I uh, saw my first show when I was a freshman and kind of had it in the back of my mind that I was like, this would be something really cool to do. Mm-hmm. And when I finished, I auditioned. I flew out to Vegas. I went to their audition there and um, got into the database. So when you get into the database, you you just have a profile, basically. And it's kind of your responsibility to update your profile and keep it going. And um, so I was doing that for close to two years and uh, got a call for a contract. It was down in South America. So I kind of made my way into the company that way. And then the show that I was doing down there closed and pretty soon after I came to Corteo. So for those two years, are you what were you doing? I mean, were you kind of just hoping that you get a call and yeah, like not taking on anything major? I was trying to keep up the physical skills that I had just with like the endurance and just being, you know, a professional athlete is a lot of work in sure. general. And so just trying to keep that side of up, but like obviously having to earn a living. So I was doing coaching at my old gym. I was doing, there's actually a circus school in DC that I was coaching at as well. There is? Yeah. It's tra- Trapeze School, New York. But it's based in D.C. The the original location is in New York, but the one I was working at is right right in D.C. It's right by the Nats Stadium. Okay. And uh, so I was doing trampoline workshops there, and, you know, people would come and take classes. It was really fun. And so a lot of coaching I was doing. I was a peer bar uh, fitness instructor for a little bit. That'll kick your ass. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of of everything. More like in the athletic kind of, um, you know, fitness industry. So that was obviously helping with staying in shape. And so it was was two years of – of uploading, you know, different things because mm-hmm. you never know what they want either. It's it's always something different. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a long time, but it so was what's, worth it. What's training like when you're active, like when you're when you're in the show? Yep, for this show, um, the training on our actual apparatus isn't as long as you may think because we are professionals on in what we do. What do you mean apparatus? Like you're a trampoline? Yeah. Okay. So so in the show, I'm a trampo bed artist. So trampo bed is not something that you hear all the time. You hear trampoline a lot, but this is actually a specific a piece of equipment that Cirque has made only for this act, only for this show. And it's a bed frame and they weigh about 600 pounds and they're on wheels and we're kind of pulling them all around stage and it's super fun. But in that bed frame is a trampoline. So we're in essence, little kids jumping on the bed, throwing pillows, you know, making fun of just all of what's happening. And so with that specific training, we only get a certain amount of time on stage because we have to share the stage with so many other acts. 
But with our specific training on the trampo bed, we may get, you know, a few hours to specifically train there. But then as far as our physical shape, we're expected as professional athletes to stay, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle. So the nutrition, the sleep, you know, everything with fitness is it's our responsibility to stay in the shape that we are. Yeah. So how... Do you know how high you can jump on the trampo bed? I don't know, actually. You don't? No, I don't. You need to get like a, there what, are, a geometry person? I, what, what, how would you figure that out? Yeah, a couple it of It can the, be easily uh, above 10 feet because okay. uh, they can get up to 19 feet when they're flying. Oh, and uh, the, we have the stage height plus the bed uh, plus yeah, the, the height the where jump. they're jumping. Right. So uh, it can be up to t- uh, 10 feet easily. Yeah, that's like without trying. Do you ever have like an oh shit feeling? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's been a I mean not everything goes to plan every night. You know you sure. do the show so many times, so it's something's bound to happen once in a while. But we try and roll out of it or or do something that you know if it's a mess up or something you you make it part of the show. You make it seem like it was always meant to be there. So is that is that are you trained to do that or do you is that kind of like a natural instinct that you have? Kind of both. Okay. Um, you're you you just it kind of just happens because. You're on stage. When you're on stage, you know that you're on. You're performing. And so there's never um, a good – there's never – can I say that there's two sides of the – so with Corteo, it's something special is that there's two sides of the arena. So as – as opposed to a play or something where you're just looking at the stage and there's a backstage, you know, there's a, there's a wall that the actors or whatever can face and right. they're kind of, they can turn off if they want to, but then when they face the audience, they turn on. So with Corteo, there's no off because it's, there's audience on both sides. So you're on all the time. So with that um, ability to kind of roll out of things or, or make it work, you just kind of find a way to do it because you don't really have another option. Well, and I guess as a gymnast, I mean, those performances that when you're when you're oh, competing sure. you're already in that 360 yep. arena kind of yep. deal so that's probably excellent you, for you're you. working with those little tents you know you want to keep your toe pointed or, or if you fall or if you bobble you you kind of dance out of it because right. you <laughs> have to you know nothing's wrong yeah yeah so you, you make it work oh my goodness um so what is corteo i mean can you talk a little bit about how it became i don't even know what corteo means i mean can you talk about the story a little bit well, Corteo, it's one of the, the most unique touring shows we have, mostly because of the way the stage is set up. As Betsy mentioned, it's uh, the stage is in the middle of the arena, and it gives to the audience the perspective of the actor. And it's a creation of Daniele Finzipasco. Daniele Finzipasco is an Italian creator. Uh, he created two shows for Cirque du Soleil, uh, Luzia and Corteo. Corteo was first created in 2005 under the big top. On Cirque du Soleil, we have the big top shows where we travel with the tents, with uh, 80 to 90 containers, and we set up everything that we need. We have the resident shows like the ones in Vegas where we build the theater, we adapt the theater for the show. And we have arena shows like Quartier where we travel with uh, only, compared to the other ones, 20 tracks. And we set up the stage uh, inside venues all over the world. Corteo was under the big top from 2005 to, to 2015, and it visited over 19 different countries. And then we changed the, the show to an um, uh, arena format since March 2018. And uh, it's a very unique show because you go there to see the story of a human being. So uh, the main character of the show is Mauro, is this clown who is dreaming about his own funeral, but in a kind of atmosphere. But then people ask, but Max, am I going to see a show about a funeral? Yes. A clown's funeral. A clown's <laughs> funeral. But it is it is a celebration of life. Think about that when you're watching a movie and someone is about to die. They have flashbacks of everything that happened in their lives. Or uh, In this case, this is what you're going to see on stage. This clown 
picturing all the greatest moments of his life. And he was a kid and used to plan his bed, pretending it was a trampoline. And as we, this is when we see uh, Betsy's uh, act where we have four acrobats jumping from bed to bed, some doing some high-level acrobatic tricks. Or we have the loves he had on his life, flying above the stage and doing some high-level uh, um, aerial tricks uh, above the stage. And through the show, you see all of his friends coming to visit him, people that he used to travel the world in a circus. They would come to see him, pay tribute, and show all the amazing skills they have. So this is the link you have in between acts. Uh, and uh, because the show is a funeral, the name of the show is Corteo. It comes from Italian. It means cortege or procession. So we are going to the procession of this clown. And uh, there's a moment on the show very uh, important that... They are walking, they are going to his funeral in a sad mood, singing a sad song, marching, and then it's his own funeral, and it, it is his dream. So he would get that and say, no, 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 it's my, uh, it's my funeral, I don't want my funeral to be sad, I want my funeral to be happy. And then they make a party of it, and they start to samba and dance, and he messes up with everything, because he wants his own funeral to be memorable. He wants people to be happy and celebrate life, celebrate all the greatest moments that they have spent together while they were alive. And when you think about that, places like Mexico, they celebrate life. They don't celebrate that the, the person's going away because they want to remember everything that you have done with that person. Places like New Orleans, they do a huge party. They do a funeral and a huge party for that person. And people say, are they just partying? No. They actually, they are there to picture, remember all the greatest moments that they have spent together. And this is what we do in a funeral. We remember all the good moments we have spent together and the bad, mo bad moments as well. And this is what you're going to see on this show. That up and down of moods. You're going to see excitement, happiness, nostalgia through the entire show. And it, you're going to be easily connected to this story uh, of this human being and this clown. It just never occurred to me that it was someone's job to like think of a Cirque du Soleil show, <laughs> and especially when that's so layered. I mean, that's really cool. Well, and, and this is the thing. On Cirque, they, when they decide to create a show, they first come up with an idea, the main concept. And then they was like, okay, let's talk about a clown or a funeral or do a tribute to the traditional circus, and then they go on that way. Uh, or we have a show about insects, for example. We have Luzia, which is it's it's about Mexican uh, culture. So each show they choose they choose the theme, and then they start to work on that theme for about two years. Usually they work on that theme, uh, where they have the creator, all the designers, the costume designer, makeup designer, um, set designer, uh, the coaches, artistic director, everyone working together involved in that project, bringing together all the pieces to tell that story, and of course mixing dance, live music, uh, uh, street arts, circus arts, and mixing uh, gymnastics, mixing all this together and combining to all the stories that we all know that Cirque du Soleil is famous for. So how many people are in this show? On Corte, we have about 110 people. Where Perform performers or cast and crew? Cast and crew, okay. where 52 of them, they are performers from 18 different nationalities. Oh, wow. That's so cool. It's a very mixed group. I think uh, one of... Uh, uh, one of the things that I always say is that when you walk on backstage, you hear people speaking pretty much whichever language you think about. So it doesn't matter which language you speak, you 
probably going to find someone on backstage that will be able to uh, talk to you. That's I, amazing. I don't know if it's something just on Corteo, but the flags that we hang. Yes. Is we've got a flag for every nationality that we have, and we always hang them. I mean, we travel every week, so it's something that someone has to unpack and hang up and spend time doing. But every week those flags are hung up because it means something. It's, and it's something so special. And I don't know if it's specific to Corteo, but it's it's really cool that we do it. Now, well, actually, we have in all the shows, they're representing all the nationalities. Yeah. So if you go to a Cirque show on a, under the tent, under the big top, you see in front of the big top all the flags. And uh, you can pay attention to where they are located in front of the tent because the closer they are to the center, more people from that nationality we will have working on that show. The further away, less people. In our case, we try to do that, um, but it's it's not a tent. It's bad to say it. We set up and we have to take it apart and put it together again every week. But we always have that on backstage because it's it's to remind us that we have we are in a mutual cultural uh, place, mutual cultural environment, and uh, we are all there from many different places. Many different. We all have different background stories in our lives but we all work together with the same goal that is put the show together every night and entertain people mm-hmm. i love that that's really that's very cool um so you have all of these people all of this equipment and you're you're moving in and out once a week i mean you're, you're in a new city every week so yeah. what is that like on both for both of you that kind of grueling schedule it's it's tough to have like a you know quote unquote normal life but you try as much as you can so because we are you know 110 people that's essentially the family that we have because we see them you know almost more than 24 7 all the time which is cool but it's also that because it's so multicultural respecting people is kind of the 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 thing that that ties everybody together like I don't care if you have a different you know view on this than I do if I respect your opinion you know that's kind of how we survive for as long as you're like a very flexible UN yeah yeah so um you know traveling every week is like travel days we see each other bright and early with no makeup no nothing you know after the show you wash everything off and you know you kind of turn off and you go back to the hotel and you know you're in the hotel with the same people so it's you have to stay respectful, stay, you know, an open mind and just know that we're all here for the same purpose, the same reason, but also try and have as much as a normal life as you can. So these are also your friends, you know, family, friends, and it's people that you want to hang out with, you want to go to dinner with and grab a drink with after the show. So it's you, you just find your you find your people and uh, you try and live as much of a, a normal life as possible. Well, when you're going to dinner, are you able to ever explore the city you're in, or is it sort of you're just like hitting it hard as yep. soon as you get there? We have. Um, it depends on the week, but we usually travel either Sunday night after the show. So as an artist, I'll finish the show, take off my makeup, take off my costume, do um, everything that I need to do, and then I'll either get on the bus and we'll bus you know six hours to the next city, or we'll go to a bus and then wait at the airport for all of the technicians and the cast and crew that actually break down the entire show in less than three hours, which is truly amazing. And so it's mind-boggling. Yeah, so we'll all kind of get on the plane at, you know, it might be midnight or 1230 or something, and we'll get into the next city at 2. And um, so Monday, everybody kind of sleeps and, and does what they want in the morning. But then usually people are out Monday afternoon, and then we have all day Tuesday to kind of explore the city and um, if there are places that you've researched beforehand or you would like to go to dinner or something like that. Uh, Very cool. That'll be the day that we do. So you've been all over the world then. You've really, you've at least gotten a day in, yeah. in cities all over the world. I just joined Corteo uh, December of last year. Okay. So I haven't been too many places with this show, but uh, I hope to go more places. Okay. But Max, you have been all yeah. over. You've been with the show longer. 
right? Yes, I've, I've been with Circus Alive for almost three years now in different shows, big top in arenas. So I did uh, show some of our shows in South America and Australia, um, in Singapore, in Europe, and also in North America. But with Curtail, we have been touring between U.S. and Canada since March of 2018. And this is the city numbers. Uh, right now, we are performing in Baltimore, city number 57 for us so 57 (laughs) different cities uh, over the past year Um, took you 57 cities to get to us (laughs) yes right (laughs) (laughs) well Betsy Betsy was the most anxious about that but um, but what's cool too is like because so many people have traveled everywhere around the world if you want to go on a trip like I spend a lot of time in South America for the past two years if somebody wanted to go on a trip they'd say hey I want to go to Peru what's the best places to go so you have tour guides essentially that you're living with that are open to you know suggestions and restaurants and whatever which is really cool it's very cool yeah. one of the feelings about being traveling all the time uh, with this company is also uh, is that it you start to feel that the world is it's it's smaller but at the same time, it's like, wow, there's so many things out there to explore. It's such a huge world, but it's it's easier to get from place to place. I don't know. It's just the sense of uh, getting on a plane and going to the, take a 10-hour flight to, to go to another place. It starts to feel like a routine for us and mm-hmm. it's not more exhausting anymore. Of course, you get tired on the, on the other end, but yeah, it's, it's a different feeling. So it's easier. It's like, oh, let's go next vacation. Maybe just hop on a plane and go to the other side of the ocean and let's uh, check what is there. And there's always someone there that you know, someone mm-hmm. from the area, someone who have been there before. Uh, and so it's you start to see with different ways. And as she said, we have tour guides all over the world. And, uh, oh, let's spend a vacation, I don't know, in Baltimore. We know Betsy's from the area. So for sure she will be the one giving all the tips here. Our family and friends will be able to help us out. So this feeling of being closer to this huge world, it, I think it's it's really interesting. That is so cool. <laughs> so when you're in this, in your when you're in your home city, I mean, does everyone that you know and love get to come see you? Is that the excitement of being here, it's other than playing tour guide? For yeah, for sure. Um, friends and family have already bought tickets, like when they first went on sale. So the you know kind of the leading up to this, it's it's all the the nervous anxiety, like the the good side of things. Like I'm really excited to be here. I can't wait to show everybody that. You know, I've been working really hard at this. I can't wait to share it with you, too, mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't understand what we do, and, and that's okay. And, and a lot of people have never heard of Cirque du Soleil either. So it's like I'd love to bring you into my world to show you, you know, the it's cool hard to things. imagine somebody having not heard of it. It is. <laughs> like, you are, you're so right, and I still get people that are like, I don't know what that is. It's like, okay, well, let me let me tell you. <laughs> well, I mean, like famously, the the scene of um, oh, what uh, where they take shrooms in – what movie is that? The Hangover. The hangover. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, The Hangover. Is it The Hangover? No, and no, they no. go see Knocked Up. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Sh- um, what's his face? Um, Seth Rogen. Yes, and- yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow, could not get there. Yeah, I'm like famously. You guys remember that movie? I can't remember. Yes, yes. Um, so I mean, even just from that, yeah. alone. But obviously, your reputation far preceded that. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, but some scene. of the funny thing is, some of the shows that you go to, it's like the colors and the whatever, and you're like. Yeah, I can see where that's going to be, you know, the the feeling of you just you don't know what's going on, but everything's so cool. And, yeah. you know, it's magic everywhere. I think I'd cool. maximum be able to have a glass of wine. To <laughs> yeah. See well, the good for me, like the good um, thing about when I go see a show is that you can see it more than once and you can see something different every single time you see it. And so when you come see Corteo. There's so many things happening on stage just in one 30-second scene that if you see the show four times, you're still not going to see everything that goes on on stage. So do you have 
kind of one scene that you're in and then you're off or are you in and out of the the show how does that work we ha- we all have our um acts that we are acts, excuse yeah me, no no scene. it's okay yeah. that, that we are specifically in that we do our acrobatic skill in but then the rest we're in for cues so we'll, we'll come in for a cue um i know all of us are on stage at one point doing a clapping number where the guys in the middle they're doing a, an act called teeterboard so it's a big seesaw they're jumping on the side to side but everyone's on stage and there's little things happening here and over here and and you can you know it's it's just it's it's cool because there's a lot of things happening all at once and it's not you're not going to get bored that's for sure who what, what is the act or or movement that you're most astounded by being someone that's in the show who can do these things that nobody else can do what surprises you in the show that's a great question um the part that surprises me is not necessarily acrobatically but it's if you have a group number, like the last number in the show is called Tornik, and it's kind of a modification on men's high bar. They have six high bars that are you know, positioned kind of in a cube, and then there's two on the outside. And the fact that 12 guys can get up on six high bars and swing in between each other, the timing of that is you – I mean, you have to train for months in order to like know when somebody's going to let go of the bar and catch the other bar in between the hands. It's like it's really amazing. So like that kind of stuff where we have a hula hoop act where, you know, she flies – at the end of her act, she flies up in a harness still hula hooping. It's like you wouldn't think of these things and then all of a sudden they happen. It's like, whoa, that was really cool. Insane. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So how did you get involved with Cirque? Max? Circus Solace, vis- uh, they visit my city um, about 10 years ago. And, uh, and where are you from? Brasilia in Brazil. I so, yeah. And um, I loved, I went to see the show and I was amazed uh, by the show. And uh, I was never an uh, onstage person. I always loved everything about backstage. When I was young, I was, watch- I was always watching the behind the scenes before the movie itself on a DVD back then. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I was f- fascinated about backstage um everything about backstage and then uh, I was like wow Circus Alive is a really interesting company and everything that you can do on Circus Alive there are a hundred different positions that you can work on backstage so whatever you do in life I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to find something to work for this company as well you just got to get in that database yeah (laughs) you just need to get into the database and then they went. They first went to my city. I worked as a local there, and then another show went. I worked again, and I started to get involved in entertainment in my country. And to one day, they needed someone to start to travel one of uh, the shows, and and then I, I became part of the the troupe and started traveling with them. And it was one of the the most amazing experiences, wow. so far. <laughs> so you'll just do this. I mean, can, can, how, how, how sustainable is this, this, this schedule, being away from home? Right. I mean, physically for you and then just logistically for you? How, well, how? It, it depends from person to person. We had, uh, I met a guy on one of our shows where he was performing for 15 years, and he never missed one performance. Oh, my God. Um, we had people on our show, for example, that he used to be an artist on the show, and today he's one of our coaches. So there's a lot of hard work on stage and off stage, so as long as you're able to maintain uh uh, that routine and still enjoying uh, being traveling and uh, and working at the same time. I think they were able to do for a long time. In that case, for the performers, I think that might be different for Betsy, who's yeah. always using her body every day. It depends on also what you do too. So somebody like I'll I'll say that I'm a trampoline artist, so I'll jump on the trampoline. If that's a different life stand than a juggler. You know, they can sustain a little bit longer because it's not as physical pounding on your body. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on where where you are in your life. If you're ready to kind of settle down and, you know, you want this one place, you know, then a resident show might be good for you or you might be onto something else. You might be interested in marketing and go to that. So sure. it just depends on, you know, kind of what you want. But you can 
you can do this for as, as long as you're happy. And I, but that goes with everything. You oh, know? sure. Yeah. Every career is. Every mm, career yeah, but this is a very special career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's different. Uh-huh. That's for sure. And I heard you're getting married. I am. Congratulations. Thank you. End of I, September. Oh, really? Are you getting <laughs> yeah. married in Maryland? Yeah, it's actually up in Northeast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Northeast Maryland. But. So you're. And you're able to take time off the show and all that works out. Yes. Yeah. And has your fiancé seen you perform? He has, yeah. yeah. He's going to watch this week as well. But. Really? Where has he seen you? Does he fly out? Or? He's, no, no. He's, we're from Baltimore, so I live right over in Pasadena, so he'll just drive up. Okay, cool. But he's <laughs> yeah. seen you like in other cities? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, okay. he came and traveled. Um, we were in Pittsburgh not that long ago, and he came to, came to see the show for the first time then. Nice. Well, is there anything about Cirque du Soleil, whether it's like on stage or off, that people would be surprised to know? Yes. <laughs> we do. It's it's almost like a traveling city that comes with us. Um, if you think about every kind of part of what needs to happen with moving stuff, so whether that's um, we have a catering team that, that travels with us, so that provides the food and nutri- nutrition that you know, not only us but, like, the cast and crew, the technicians, everybody needs. As far as costumes, we have wardrobe that travels, so anything that needs to be tailored or fixed or comes in from headquarters that maybe doesn't fit exactly right, they'll fix it. Um, Including the washing machines, yeah, dryers. Yeah, so personally, we need to wash our clothes, and so we'll have time slots that we'll sign up for. Um, so you travel so- with... Portable washing machines and dryers. Six of them. They are on racks, uh, yeah. ready to move everything when you go to the arena. Everything's on either on racks or under wheels, uh, on wheels. So uh, the the gym equipment that we have there, most most of it is inside uh, one of the racks. So there are these wheels under because it's ready to move. This is one of the reasons we're able to pack everything in about three hours because. Um, there's a show on backstage, but there's, another, uh, there's a show on stage, but another show happening on backstage where we have two people working for the logistics department, uh, and they're always thinking about to where is everything going and when. This way, we're able to fit everything in the right place. It's like playing Tetris game. Uh, you need to fit everything in the right place in the right moment, otherwise it will not fit. If it doesn't fit, it's more time in the city. It's more time we're gonna delay everything. So Which ultimately, costs money. Yeah, <laughs> and yes. your time off. Yeah, and time off as well. <laughs> so you do not mess with money and time off of yeah, people. So no. we want to make sure everything, if everyone is happy. Uh, but this team, they have been training on and off stage how to do that. When we first started the show, we are doing our loading in uh, two days until they were able to figure out how to put all the pieces to get off that show. You went from two days to three hours? No, no. The loading is when we set up the stage. So think about it's like a huge puzzle. And you set up the puzzle in your kitchen and want to move to a living room. So you take all the pieces from that puzzle, put inside the box, move to the next room, you put everything together, and you want to make sure you have all the pieces so you can see the picture of the puzzle. This puzzle we have, it's 700 road cases, 20 tracks. Just the floor of the stage, for example, there are 272 pieces. Just the floor, oh huge pieces. It's like a, it's a gigantic uh, puzzle that we need to put together every week. Um, so on Tuesday, our technical team, they are putting everything together, making sure that we have everything in place. On Wednesday before premiere, we do a technical validation, which means that the performers, they will go on stage, they will train, they will rehearse part of the act and make sure that everything's in place. Everything we're talking about, the cables that make them fly, the lights, their position on, on the right spot, or uh, everything that they would need to make that act happen. If everything is correct, okay, we're ready to start the show, we have our premiere. And then on Sunday, we take all the, the everything apart, three hours back, next place, and so on. We do that for 12 weeks, so we have a 10 to 12 weeks of show, two weeks off. 10 of 12 weeks of show, two weeks off. Okay, I don't want to blow your minds, but you should do Cirque du Soleil about Cirque du Soleil. 
Because <laughs> it's so complex <laughs> and weird. Yes. It would be amazing to show how you do it all. That's part of the magic, though, is that you don't even realize all of that stuff is happening. And you come and you just you see this show and then, you know, you'll listen to something like this and it'll be like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's I think that's part of the magic is mm-hmm. like you shouldn't know the whole puzzle because that's, well, you know, I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. <laughs> um, well, this isn't very cool. I um, usually ask for recommendations from people. We whenever it's always people that are living in Baltimore. So we always go through a few questions of where you like to go, what you like to do. So I might just ask you a couple, yeah. and then maybe I'll ask you a couple about travel. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Definitely. All right, so the answer just has to, for you, okay. um, just has to be within Baltimore City. Okay. So if it's something that's closed, we'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where's your favorite place to eat in the city? You know, I hadn't gone to Nick's Fish House, and I went like a couple of months ago, and it was such a good crab pretzel. Mm-hmm. I would go back there every day and eat that. Yeah. I'm pretty accessible from Pasadena. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, where's your favorite place to be outside in the city? Ooh. I mean, you can't beat the Inner Harbor. Just walking around the Inner The aquarium, like just being around that kind of area, just because mm-hmm. it's part of the skyline, is really cool. And uh, let's see. Where's your favorite place? Do you drink? Yes. Where's your favorite place to grab a drink? Ooh. Hmm. Good question. There's a place in um, Canton, Lee's. Lee's. Annabelle Lee's or Lee's? No, Lee's. Lee's. I don't know it. Sorry. Okay, so new place. Yeah, it's a good um, just place to kind of hang out. They've got really good french fries and good drinks. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I will. There you go. French fries are my... Sold. (laughs) (laughs) I make my kids order food that has french fries on it just so I can steal their fries. Yeah. for them um okay and then max for you um what is a travel tip what's something people need like how, how are you more comfortable on a plane how are you like how do you there get no, jet lag? Yeah, <laughs> there's no comfort on planes so is, sorry. is there a way to do that no <laughs> no but uh, i think that people spend too much time planning um too many details of the trip instead of uh trying to enjoy the big picture of, of everything that's happening so sometimes there are a few friends of mine and they say well i'm, I'm trying to pack what i'm gonna do for the for this trip that i'm doing this weekend and they spend two days to pack and uh today nowadays i'm, I'm spending like 30 taking 30 minutes to pack but because i'm doing that every week mm-hmm. um but Go basic. Go basic. It's you're like not you're going to wear 72 pairs yes, of underwear. You're not going to wear not. everything. <laughs> you, you, you're just going to relax unless you're going to a bis- on a business trip. For sure, you, dif- you need different outfits. But otherwise, go relax. Do not think about what people will think of you, mm-hmm. what they're going to be. They're going to be staring at you, what you're wearing now. Go relax. Take the most comfortable clothes so you c- you're able to explore the city and you the, the the best thing about exploring a city is always asking for local tips instead of going to the most touristic things, which you can also find online. I'm not gonna say that if you go online and look for the most visited places, you're not gonna enjoy it. You will enjoy if you go to Paris. You're gonna go to a place where it's crowded. Go there, have that experience. Okay, I like it. Now go for a very local area. Start to wander around, walk around the city, and find the hidden places like the nice restaurants and nice spots for a great picture that you wouldn't see online that you wouldn't hear from a tourist uh, mm-hmm. from a, a guy tour and you always you always will find something doesn't matter where you're going to work and people are genuinely nice if you ask people for suggestions yes in anywhere you, you because 
everyone they, they want to show their own place they want to show their own city so they will be there's happy to see yeah. there's a lot of pride in it so uh, uh, people will always be uh, open to explain to you if you doesn't speak the language I think uh, that's also something amazing sometimes you go in places where they don't speak English and, and you either don't speak the the language and then you try to communicate to communicate and there's always someone who will try to f help you sometimes people will not care about it so just go to the next one mm -hmm. and uh, try to experience the place and see well I lived I, I saw and I lived that instead of just seeing in, in the books and videos bartenders make really good they local do. recommend like oh, if yes. you go to like a touristy bar if that's where if that's kind of what you can find on your yeah. own they know everything bartender to bartender and then you can kind of <laughs> find that's your way around definitely, yeah that's a good suggestion <laughs> ask your bartender that's true and always uh, yeah they always give tips uh, it's funny because sometimes you go to eat in a place it's like do you know where i can eat like seafood or you're eating in a seafood restaurant like, do you know where i can get some asian food it's like oh yeah there's this place and that place and this they're always gonna and it might be a, a like a rundown tip. looking whatever and you get in there and the food is amazing just go. Like, yes. oh, i'm so glad i did that What's been your favorite city besides Baltimore, obviously? <laughs> of course. Um, in the U.S., I think that um, Memphis was a really nice place because of the food. I was amazed by uh, the food there. Um, but in the world, uh, Singapore, it's an amazing city. Uh, city state because i think i was not expecting much w before i went there because i was so focused in work um but it's it's a beautiful city it's warm and uh, people there are nice it's so many things it's it's a c city from the future so it's definitely a place that you, you must go once in life to get yeah, to check on this place it's a very different place cool do you have a favorite city Ooh, i mean besides Baltimore. yeah <laughs> that's a good question in the states that's, I feel like I've done more traveling outside of the States than I have done in. So my favorite place, I spent a while in South America. I spent a lot of time in Buenos Aires, and mm. that was just really cool. I w it wasn't a place that was on my radar at all, but because I did, I spent so many months there for a creation, we really got to know the city and like just going around to those local spots and whatever, and it surprised me. And so I was, I was happy to go. We actually got to go back to it, so spend some more time, and I was happy to go back. Isn't Buenos Aires like one of, it's one of, um, a lot of Latin and European influence? Yes. So yeah. it's kind of this neat little mm -hmm. cultural. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's locally, I lived in Buenos Aires for a year, so locally uh, they would say that it's, uh, it's a New York and Paris. It's yeah. a Latin American version because – there's always something to do. The city is always awake. The city's massive. But uh, when you see the, the all the architecture of the city, it's a little bit like being Paris. You look to the buildings and everything on top of the buildings. Like the whole structure of the buildings, like very European. Uh, um, there are lot. There's a lot of uh, European influences there. But it's a city that never sleeps as well. So it's it's a really interesting feeling. And you see people from all over the world, not only from Buenos Aires, because there's always tourists mm -hmm. there. There are a lot of things to do. It's one of my favorite cities as well, yeah. because I live there for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I know. All right. Well, Betsy and Max, thank you so much for being on the show. Good luck with your tour here in Baltimore and for the rest of your time in Cirque. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you again so much to Max and Betsy.
For more information about upcoming shows, go to CirqueDuSoleil.com. And I'm not going to spell it because Google or Siri can. Just type it in. They'll figure it out for you. For past day Baltimore episodes and all the cool stuff happening downtown, go to our site, GoDowntownBaltimore.com. Hey Baltimore is produced by Mike Evitz and made possible by Downtown Partnership. Our music is by Super City, and I'm your host, Megan Eisenach. If you want to reach out, email us at heybaltimore at dpob.org. Thanks for listening.